0: Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here, Digging Deeper Jazz Videos. So happy to have you with us. So, today I want to dig into a topic that used to freak me out. Everybody I know used to freak them out too. You are either uh, freaked out or in denial, or maybe you've got a little bit of knowledge on this. I want to talk about slash chords, and I'm not talking about the guy with the top hat that used to play with Guns N' Roses, not his voicings, although he does play these chords a little bit. I wanna talk about slash chords where we have this over that. We have C minor seven over F, or we have F sharp dominant seven over C, or those kind of crazy looking chords that uh, can kind of freak us out a little bit. We are going to be seeing those chords more and more, so I really want to uh, talk about them a little bit. So I tell you what, let me play you a chorus of a tune that uses these chords quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, the song Maiden Voyage by the great Herbie Hancock. So that is a tune composed almost entirely of slash chords, depending which lead sheet you look at. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put the sheet up uh, for this video. There's a PDF for every Digging Deeper video. I'm always happy to send it to you. Let me put this up on the screen and we can take a look at what we're talking about here, but also what that sound was, that very interesting sound in Maiden Voyage and so many other songs from that era. Let's call it the 60s blue note era in jazz. So here's one of those nasty scary looking slash chords G minor 7 slash C. So it's pretty clear how to read these chords whatever is in the left half of the slash that's the top part of the chord the left half of the equation is what a piano player, perhaps, to simplify it, would play in their right hand. In this case, G minor seven. What is on the right side of the slash is what goes on in the bass. So the root of this chord, for instance, is no longer the G. It's not a G in the bass. It's a G minor chord with that C in the bass. And that's the sound that we were hearing on that Herbie Hancock tune. So the first item you see on the sheet is exactly that. There's a G minor seven chord, which is G, The third is B-flat, the fifth is D, the 7th, the flat 7th is F natural, and we put that with a C in the bass. It's that simple. Now the question is, like, what is that? That's perhaps, you know, we don't think that's anything we know. How do we what do how do we make sense of that? So that's what we're talking about here today with one slash chord. There's many kinds of slash chords, and we will get to those another time. And where we'll definitely get to them is on the Jazzwire website, jazzwire.net. Please check it out. That's going to be an opportunity for us to dig very, very deeply on this stuff. So if we look at the second item on the sheet, all I did is took the top voice, like that's, that's a really tall stack from middle C up to an F. I just took that top voice and dropped it down inside the chord. Just Maybe that'll help it make a little bit more sense. So you can see now, if I spell it from the bottom up, we have C, F, G, B-flat, and D. So now, here's what we do. We look at this relative to the bass note. So we're not thinking G minor anymore for the moment. I'm thinking what kind of C chord is this? What kind of C chord has a C, an F, a G, a B flat, and a D? It's a little bit of a funny C chord. So I wrote the numbers underneath. If we analyze those notes relative to a C, we get one, four, five, flat seven, nine. So it looks a lot like a dominant 7th chord, but instead of a 3rd, we have a 4th scale degree. Well, there we go. So that's another name for this particular slash chord. When you see G minor 7 slash C, we would say G minor 7 over C. That is actually a C7 sus chord. We could call it a C7 sus. We could call it C7 sus 4 to be more specific, but they mean the same thing. Technically, this voicing has a D in it, which is a ninth in the key of C. So, you know, so G minor 7 over C, probably the most accurate way to say that with this other language, is C9 sus 4. So that's what it is the biggest thing i want to tell you today is that so many of these slash chords can be written with sort of more usual nomenclature more regular kind of way of writing things why in the world would we do this why would we have two essentially different languages um i will say that's a hell of a good question uh this stuff drives me nuts too we haven't quite sorted it out now i'll tell you i've asked piano players and guitar players a lot of them um, who do this stuff more regularly than i do when i play piano is do you think of g minor 7 over c different than c9 sus and it's about 50/50 a lot of them are like look man they're the same notes and you know uh, others say that the g minor 7 over c it's a little more specific information about the voicing and the notes to be included or excluded The bottom line, for your purposes and my purposes, and as you know, I'm talking to the adult amateurs, the semi-pros out there, trying to get you guys good, focused information. Here's the focus part for today. It's the same, okay? And yeah, I know some piano players, I'm going to get like hate mail or somebody's going to troll me now from like the guitar, you know, side of the internet or whatever. Look, dude, relax. And here's the thing. For 99 out of 100 people, and I'm one of those 99, it's the same thing. I don't really think of it differently, except we're going to come up to it here. But so in your mind, whenever you see a minor chord over its fourth, that is a sus chord relative to the bass note. I know it sounds like a lot. I don't want you thinking about any other slash chords that you see, any of this other stuff. Just get this one into your head okay? It's kind of like one plus three equals four, and two plus two equals four. That kind of blew your mind when you were a little kid, that those two totally different things could have the same outcome, but they do. And this is one of those things in music, and it's kind of that simple, but it takes a minute to get your head wrapped around it. So don't confuse yourself with other stuff. The sound is very much the same. So the purpose today is to demystify just what a slash chord is in the first place. And so we went over that. It's really that simple, right? We have something over a different bass note. Now, here's the interesting thing. Here's where we can treat this chord different ways. Now, uh, there is a G minor aspect. In a C sus chord, in a C7 sus, there is a G minor 7 living inside it. That's interesting to know. So you can... And I have very often played over a C sus chord thinking G minor. I'm playing G minor licks. I have also played over a C sus chord where I'm thinking more G dominant licks, but accenting the fourth scale degree. That's the deal with a sus. But the bottom line is what's the scale you should play? C mixolydian. C mixolydian. One, two, three, four, five, six, flat seven, eight. It's just a dominant scale. Just like any other C7. The arpeggio, though, instead of 1-3-5-flat-7, is 1-4-5-flat-7. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to play some of this C7 sus, or you can think about it in your mind as G minor 7 over C. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play some G minor material. So I have an example that you're probably going to recognize written on the sheet here. And I'm going to play this example and some other stuff. I'm just going to keep the backing track on C sus. And I'm really going to be thinking about G minor. That was a C-sus chord, but I was really highlighting the A minor stuff. So I did it a couple different ways. First way, I arpeggiated A minor. Sorry, G minor. I transposed for a second. G minor. So I was arpeggiating G minor concert over that C-sus. Then I started playing some tunes in G minor, just so you could really hear how that sounds. So I quoted Mr. PC by John Coltrane. I played, uh, what was that tune? Softly as in a morning sunrise. Any kind of minor tune. So, this is now bitonality, right? Polytonality. I was playing in a different key than the tune was in, yet it works because I found a place inside that chord. So, okay, that's what happens when I play with that minor tonality in mind. My brain was thinking G minor. I played G minor stuff, and that has a sound. So, here's what I'm gonna do. It's AC sus, so now I'm going to play more C dominant kind of stuff, accenting the fourth scale degree, but uh, this should have a different sound. These are the same pitches, by the way. I'm playing, you know, all, all from the same collection of pitches, but I'm thinking differently, and hence my actions are different, right? Let's give it a try. Kind of cool, huh? That second time I was playing up more of, you know, basing my thinking off C, a C dominant Mixolydian tonality. So what did I, uh, on the sheet, I put uh, Sweet Georgia Brown. And then I think I played what, Billy's Bounce by Charlie Parker, just thinking of some dominant, you know, tonic dominant kind of stuff I could play. And I, so just by thinking differently, I was able to to make my sound different, so you could talk about how the first version, the minor version, who know, did it sound darker? Did it sound more pensive? Did it, you know, put whatever words you want to it? And the second one, did it sound brighter? You know, those are. That's kind of what I thought. I wasn't really sure what I was going to think. I've certainly used these devices before, but now this is interesting as an artist. You now get to choose, I want to bring out this sound of a sus chord. I want to bring out that sound. So this is getting actually kind of cool and advanced. As you can tell, it's not, it's not difficult. Most of you out there uh, are going to understand this just fine. But the idea that inside a tonality, we can pull out different things. Somebody can read a book and get different things out of it. Somebody can watch a movie and really relate to the good guy. The next person says, what good guy? That guy, I thought he was kind of uh, dastardly. Uh, Okay, it strikes people differently. So this is, and and to me, that's an interesting movie where things aren't so cut and dry, black and white. So this is a fantastic chord, and the symbol is actually giving us hints about how we can get different sounds out of it. Now, for a great musician, any chord... Has all these wonderful things hiding inside it. And that's why we do this together, right? That's why we wanna learn jazz, because there's so many layers of the onion that we can keep peeling away and so many more sounds we can find inside a basic major chord, a basic dominant chord. So I'd love that you're on this journey with me. I really appreciate it. So now I hope we understand, for those of you that just didn't understand what the heck these slash chords were about, now you understand, you know, kinda how to get inside them, what they mean and you could actually sit down at a piano and figure out the notes. You analyze it relative to the bass note. Today we specifically talked about the minor chord over its fourth, kind of a weird way to say it, in the bass, also called a sus chord. So that's what I want you to focus on. Don't run out and try to find 11 more uh, slash chords to fill your head up with. I would prefer that you get to know this. So when you see F sharp over B, that's a B sus chord. When you see A-flat minor over D-flat, that's a D-flat sus chord. I hope I got those right. So you just want to have it be second nature. Excellent. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much for paying attention. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on jazzwire.net a little bit later in the year. We launch uh, November 1st. Thank you for paying attention here. And uh, we've got much more good stuff coming up. We'll see you next week. Take care.